When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby. During the month of July, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, and I are bringing you the podcast version of our 20 questions about the Browns. Every weekday, we'll have a post from one of us on cleveland.com slash Browns answering a question about the team as we head into training camp at the end of July. We'll also have accompanying podcasts each day where the three of us will discuss the topic. We cover everything from Baker Mayfield's accuracy to who will start at right guard. So make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and don't forget to check out Football Insider. It's our subscription service where Mary Kay, Scott, and I will text you throughout the day with the latest on the Browns, news, analysis, what we're thinking and hearing, and more. And the best part is you can text us back and we'll text with you directly. It cuts through the clutter of social media. It's another way to connect with us as we cover your favorite football team. We also hold events with our team of writers that includes Terry Pluto and Doug Maurice exclusively for our subscribers. We held a virtual draft event the week before the draft this year, and we also held a virtual event where we talked all things Baker Mayfield. You probably heard both of those on the podcast, but if you weren't a Football Insider subscriber, you didn't get to participate and have your voice heard because these events are only open to our football insiders. If you want to check it out, you can get a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com slash browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. Football Insiders $3.99 per month after your trial expires. Or better yet, you can just text 216-208-3965 to get your trial started. Again, to get that 14-day free trial started and see everything that comes with your subscription, text 216 208 3965. Now, let's get to our question for today. And today's question, Mary Kay, is Today is Is Jarvis Landry going to be good again? He's been so consistent throughout his entire career, makes the Pro Bowl every year. Is this the year that he will continue that, make the Pro Bowl again for a sixth straight year? Uh, or will, you know, will something happen in this Kevin Stefanski offense? Uh, whereby, you know, Jarvis isn't, doesn't get as many touches, doesn't get as many receptions as he has in the past. Uh, I, for one, think that he will absolutely flourish in this offense. I think he will be as good as he has always been. I think he will probably be better than he's been in the past. Uh, Chad O'Shea, the new receivers coach and passing game coordinator, is talking about using him on all different kinds of option routes, and, and uh, you know, the, the receiver has to make – 
a, a lot of decisions and has some autonomy in that type of a, on that type of a route. And I think Jarvis is getting really excited about that because he is, uh, you know, he's such a, a longtime veteran that he's ready to, to make those kind of choices and those kind of decisions. And I think he's got enough chemistry with Baker Mayfield that they will be able to work that out together. Uh, again, they didn't have the offseason uh, to do it, but uh, hopefully by the time training camp rolls around, they will be able to. The thing with Jarvis is how much will he be able to practice in training camp? We really don't know the answer to that uh, because he's coming off the hip surgery and he, you know, the, you know, the target date is August, but as he has said, you know, maybe he'll be back full go in July, August, September. It's hard to say at this point. Yeah, and that, of course, is, is why, I mean, that's really why we, we kind of asked this question, because we just don't know exactly what Jarvis is going to look like once we kind of get to training camp and, and once we get into August. Uh, because, look, rehab is one thing. Getting back into football shape is another. And, and certainly Jarvis is a guy that you know, isn't going to let himself go. He's, he's not going to show up out of shape. But sometimes it can take a little time, especially if you've had to shut it down a little bit to deal with a, a surgery like he had it can take a little time to get back into that, that football shape you need. And we know that there's no such thing as a Jarvis less than 100%. He's always kind of go, go, go. Uh, so that, I mean, that's really sort of why we, we kind of have to monitor this early in camp. However, we're going to be able to see camp uh, sort of how Jarvis looks coming off that surgery. I think some, one of the things working in his favor, obviously, is the relationship he's had with Baker over the last couple of years. It's not a case of like Odell coming in and missing a lot of time last year um you know i fully expect jarvis landry to, to, to lead this team in targets and catches uh this season i think uh, some of that has to do with the position that he plays but also just what he's done the last couple of years not many people have caught over 80 passes in a season for the browns and he's done it twice uh you know the, the all-time record is 89 so i you know he could challenge that this year i think even with the addition of uh of, you know multiple tight ends and getting more out of cream hunt i think jarvis landry is going to have a huge role um, and, you know, learning a new offense, yeah, that can kind of throw a wrench into things when you're trying to come back from an injury. But, uh, again, I think he's been doing this a while, <laughs> and he knows Baker Mayfield. Baker knows him. It's clear. I mean, with, with apologies to Richard Higgins, uh, Jarvis Landry is clearly uh, Baker's, uh, you know, security blanket, and I think we're going to see that again this season. You know, Jarvis is actually on track uh, for a Hall of Fame-type career. If he puts together, you know, several more 1,000-yard seasons and several more Pro Bowl seasons, he's starting to get into Hall of Fame category. And, of course, that is a goal of his. It's a goal of Odell's. And, you know, he does everything that he possibly can. I mean, it, it's amazing to watch the things that he does to, be, to, to hone his craft. It's the kind of things, you know, that you used to watch Jerry Rice do to be so good at this, just in terms of, uh, you know, standing on one leg on a BOSU ball and, and catching passes and all the time on the jugs machine and all the little things that he does to be really, really good. And I think he is excited. I think he's energized in this new offense. Look at Jarvis Landry last year. How frustrated was he? Not only was he frustrated by the fact that he had a hip injury and that he couldn't practice very much and he was fighting through a lot of pain. He was extremely frustrated all season long that Freddie Kitchens really didn't wear out and utilize Jarvis and Odell enough to try to win games. And he just was beating his head against the wall all year long, 
upset about that, upset about that. Now Kevin Stefanski comes in and, you know, sits down with those guys, shows them how they can excel and flourish in this scheme. Chad O'Shea sits down with him and shows him film of Julian Edelman and all the different option routes and things uh, that he's going to do with Jarvis Landry. And I think there's new life in him. I mean, he feels great. He looks great. He's excited. And I, you know, I just think that, uh, as Baker Mayfield said, those guys know that this is their time. And, and Scott, you said this. I go back to like that Jets game when Baker Mayfield came in. The, the big plays in that game were almost all the Jarvis Landry. There were a couple of Rashard Higgins and, and things like that. But Jarvis Landry is sort of that guy for, for Baker Mayfield. They've been together for a long time. Uh, you know, Jarvis really seemed to like Baker when, when he first showed up. And, you know, those two do have that connection. And, you know, you, you look at the numbers, it, it's just staggering the number of catches he's had over, over his career, uh, the number of targets he's had. And last year, for as frustrating as it was for him, you know, he still had his biggest yardage year as a receiver, 14.1 yards per catch, uh, 1,174 yards, which is a career high six touchdowns, which is the second most receiving touchdowns he's had in his career. So this is a guy that even in a year where he was incredibly frustrated and didn't feel like he was getting the ball enough, still kind of showed up, still played hard, still put up big numbers. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. If he's healthy, it, it seems like he's getting better. It, it seems like he really kind of fits here in Cleveland and uh, has, has sort of found new life as far as how he gets used. This isn't the Miami days where he was just kind of stuck in the slot, catching a bunch of passes for, you know, short gains. He's getting used downfield a little more, even though he's not the fastest guy in the world. There, there's, there's ways to use him. And he, he's kind of discovered that here in Cleveland with Baker. Yeah, I'm wondering how much they used him in, uh, in the run game. You know, he's some of the, the most memorable plays involving Jarvis since he's been a Brown have really been, him running, although some of them were technically passes or shovel passes or whatever, but uh, you know, he had 18 carries his rookie year with the Dolphins, and he hasn't come close to that since, but he clearly has an ability to, to run with the ball and run behind blockers and, and, pick up, and pick up yards, so I'm interested to see how they use him that way, but if you're talking about Jarvis having a quote-unquote good year, I think you also have to talk about what he brings like off the football field. Um, He's clearly the vocal leader among the wide receivers. We saw, you know, the hard knock speech uh, a couple years ago. And then, uh, like you said, Mary Kay, he was the guy who, who voiced his displeasure over how the offense was, was operating last year. So there's that component to it. He's the guy who, who I think, you know, people in that locker room look to to be a leader. And that's important for, for the team and especially for the receivers who, outside of Odell and Jarvis, is really a young group, you know, uh, and – you know, they kind of need people to kind of show them the way to go. So that's, I think, another important aspect you get with Jarvis Landry and your football team. And I do think that with, with this play-action scheme and with the more, you know, sort of run-oriented offense, which, uh, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of balance, uh, but I think that it's going to open up a lot of things for Jarvis Landry. I mean, you can't cover everybody. You can't double cover everybody. At times, they're going to have to double cover Austin Hooper. At times, they're going to have to double Odell. I think there, there are going to be a lot of opportunities for Jarvis. And we watch him practice, you guys, and play. But, I mean, he's got tremendous, tremendous hands. He makes some unbelievable, spectacular catches. And I just think that, that he and Baker 
are really going to shine and turn it on and light it up in this offense. Yeah, it's funny, you know, Odell kind of gets all the credit for the, the amazing catches, right? Of course, he had that, that career-defining uh, one-handed catch with the Giants. Um, you know, we've seen him kind of put on shows that, you know, when we got to the one training camp we got to see with him so far, uh, we, we've seen him put on shows there. But I'll tell you what, Jarvis can hang with Odell when, when it comes to those spectacular catches, not, not just in practice. I mean, he does some spectacular things in practice. Uh, but in games, too, the one that stands out was, you know, against Pittsburgh, the second Pittsburgh game last year. He makes this catch on the sideline. And no way was it a completion. And Freddie, Freddie throws the challenge flag, and everybody's sitting there like, what is he doing? And then we watch, like, four replays, and it was just this amazing catch on the sideline. And, and that's really, you know, that ability just makes life so much easier for a quarterback because now you know your receivers are going to help you out. And you know that when you get in trouble – you can just look for number 80. You can look, uh, hopefully this year, you can look for number 13 uh, a little more. It'll be on the same page a little more than last year. You can look for these guys, and they're going to help you out. If you can't put a perfect ball on them, they're going to help you out and, and make great catches. And I don't think Jarvis gets the credit he deserves for some of those catches that he has the ability to make. Have you guys thought of him in terms of like a, a Hall of Fame type receiver? Because, I mean, when I look at those numbers and some of the things he's accomplished and how fast he's gotten to certain milestones and things like that, I do start to, to think of him in those terms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, one year he didn't make the Pro Bowl and that's it. I think he's definitely on that trajectory. Uh, and, yeah, you, you, you can't have that kind of success for even, you know, six, six seven years and, and not be uh, – considered to be on the path. I think, yeah, I think of him that way. But, you know, you, you mentioned the one-handed catches. Uh, if you remember that Nike commercial that came out when Odell first signed with the Browns, or first uh, they traded for him, and Nike had that commercial that kind of showed them as, as high schoolers, and it showed a bunch of highlights through the years. And uh, there were a lot of Jarvis one-handed catches. I mean, you, you Google him from LSU, and you'll find quite a bit of those. So he, he wasn't the one who did it on national TV <laughs> uh, in the NFL like Odell did. But, yeah, I think Jarvis has plenty of those in his, in, his, in his career that you can look back on. Yeah, the Jarvis Hall of Fame thing is interesting. And, you know, I mean, Mary Kay, you've been in that room. I mean, you know what it's like. At the end of his career, if he continues on this trajectory, I think there probably will be some people – You know, I mean, look, if, if he wins some Super Bowls and things like that, that changes the discussion. There might be some people that look at that cynically, but – you know, somebody's going to stand up there and present him. Maybe it would be you. I don't know. Somebody's going to stand up there and present him and read off those numbers and those stats. And it, it might be hard to, to make the case against when, when you kind of throw all that stuff out there. Yeah, a, a case can be made. I mean, again, uh, you know, just some of those, you know, reaching, you know, most catches through his first four years and some of the other milestones that he has. Uh, and it would help him a lot. It would help his cause a lot if the team starts to win. That's when you start to uh, really get that sort of recognition as a receiver. If you're, start, if you're involved in some, you know, Super Bowls and some big time playoff games. So I think that would really strengthen his case a lot. And I think both of those guys know that. I think Odell and Jarvis know that, look, we, we've got to start making some big time noise on a, on a large platform. If in addition to winning Super Bowls, we want the individual accolades when all is said and done. Well, here's some numbers on, on Jarvis. He's had at least 81 catches every year. He's gone over a thousand yards three times. He's had at least 900 
76 yards all but one year. I think the thing that people will point to when trying to downplay his accomplishments is his yards per reception, which two seasons have been under 10 yards. Um, I think that was maybe one of the things that people pointed to when he was with the Dolphins. Yeah, he catches a lot of passes, but, you know, he's not gaining a lot of yards. He had 112 catches in 2017. He only had 987 yards. Um, but, you know, it, that's gotten better. He's gotten 12, 12, and 14 yards per catch the last three years. So that's improving. I think if you're going to try to knock Jarvis Landry, it's probably that. It's, okay, he caught a lot of passes, but what did he do with them? Um, but, again, you know, like you said, if, if this team is successful and, he's, and he keeps on the trajectory he's going, I think he's got a really strong case. And then the other thing you, you like about him, too, is, you know, in the run game, he's always going to block, right? Sometimes a little too much. He's gotten himself in trouble before uh, with, with some blindside blocks, and uh, he's, he's gotten some, some players upset at him with the way he's blocked. But this is a guy that even when the football's not in his hands, he, he's going to do what he's supposed to do. Uh, the leadership aspect of it that we've talked about, whenever you talk to one of these new receivers when they show up and you say, what's that room like? One of the first names they bring up is Jarvis. You know, Jarvis kind of took me under his wing. He's really the leader in that room. Odell, too, comes up in, in that regard uh, as well. Donovan Peoples-Jones is already experiencing that. You know, he, he met Jarvis before the draft, and, you know, Jarvis was really excited for him when he got drafted by the Browns, even if it took him a, a minute to figure it out. Uh, but you know, that was one of those, that was one of those things where all of a sudden here's this, this young rookie wasn't even on the Browns, but he met Jarvis. Jarvis has kind of taken him under his wing to this point, at least as much as he can. So uh, he's, he really brings a lot to this football team. I, I don't think there's a case to be made. Back when John Dorsey made that trade, I think there was a segment of Browns fans who thought maybe Jarvis was a little overrated. You know, you gave up some draft picks to get him. You signed him to that big extension shortly after. I think at this point, there, there's no way to look back at that and say, oh, that was a mistake. I, I wouldn't do that again. I, I mean, it seems like it was absolutely the right thing to do at the time. And, and for me, it's hard for me to look back and second guess that. You know, it's, it's, it's weird because, I mean, Adam Gase, when, when Jarvis was with the Dolphins, those two guys clashed like you would not believe. I mean, they did not get along at all. They couldn't, they ended up not being able to stand each other. And I, I think to this day, they probably do not like each other at all. So I wondered how it was going to work out here. I really wondered, was Jarvis going to, you know, come in here and, and you know, cause any trouble or, you know, be a team player? I don't know if he learned from what went on in Miami or, or whatever the case. Maybe it was just a complete and total personality conflict. But that hasn't been the problem here. Now, he did get in Freddie Kitchen's face a fair amount last year. But somebody needed to get in Freddie Kitchen's face last year. So it had to be Jarvis. Um, but for the most part, you know, he's just been kind of the emotional leader of this football team, as everyone saw in Hard Knocks with the uh, contagious speech. And uh, guys really look to him for the leadership. And he brings that LSU swagger that we always talk about and you know just there's just a lot of fire in the locker room uh when when it surrounds Jarvis hey, real quick the guys who that the the Dolphins picked with the fourth and seventh rounders the Browns sent Durham Smythe who has 13 <laughs> career catches over the last two years and running back Miles Gaskin who rushed for 130 yards last season with the Dolphins so that's that's what they got for Jarvis Landry yeah it's a good trade <laughs> it's a good trade and, and honestly again that extension you know it was a lot but 
you know, first of all, there was some, there's always that NFL sticker shock, but he's a guy that I think this team needed. This team needed that, that attitude. They needed that, that guy that, I mean, he's a fiery guy, right? And, you know, you talk about him getting into it with Ryan Lindley, getting into it with Freddie Kitchens. And, you know, if you don't watch, if you, if you didn't watch the game and you just showed up in the Browns locker room afterwards and just found Jarvis Landry and looked at him, you'd be able to tell exactly what happened in the game. <laughs> that's, that's just how he is. He takes the losses really hard and he's pretty much just as happy when they win. So he's, he's that type of guy. And, and he certainly brings something to the Browns that, you know, we've, we've talked about it with some of the other LSU guys uh, having a little edge on the defensive side of the ball. Jarvis brings a little bit of that on, on the offensive side of the ball, some of that swagger. And, and I think you need to have that if you want to be successful in the NFL. And he's played in a playoff game, which is something that not a lot of Browns players have, have gotten to do. And Odell Beckham Jr. might not be here to, to this day if Jarvis Landry was not here. Jarvis talked to him and talked to him and talked to him about uh, coming here at some point. I know that he talked to the Browns about you know, bringing him here. He lobbied hard for him. And the fact that Odell is still here and, you know, didn't ask out or anything like that, I think has a lot to do with Jarvis Landry being here. Okay, there we go. That is our, uh, our question for the day. Make sure you follow along with this series on cleveland.com slash Browns. One of us writes about the question and then we all talk about the question here in these podcasts. So follow it there, subscribe to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, and uh, make sure you also check out Football Insider from Mary Kay and Scott. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.